It's the state of Victorian trots racing and the people who drive the sport. You're one out, one back. Yes, welcome to the latest edition of One Out, One Back on RSN 927. Another of our many forums discussing harness and trotting for HRV. You're with Andrew Cues, and they're not in the HRV studios today. They're in our RSN studios. I'm talking about Michael Howard and Toby McKinnon. Good to have you both along in our RSN studios today. How are you both? Going particularly well. Lovely just to be able to sit across you, Andrew, stare into your eyes and just uh, have a really good chat about trots. And you too, of course, Tobes. It's good to have you back after a couple of weeks of uh, relaxing. Sounds like I'm the awkward third wheel. No, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'm glad you're here once he said that, actually, staring into my eyes there. But uh, been a lot of uh, terrific harness. We've got some great guests coming up on the show shortly, but... Uh, Lots to talk about uh, that's been happening in recent times, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we're still a bit of a glow after having the Vic Bread Super Series where we had so many new Group 1 winners step up, particularly in the trotting game. I was just having a little look back and just to see on that trotting night, there was, of the six Group 1 winners, there was six different sires, six different trainers, five different drivers, only Chris Alford doubled up. That was a really good showing of success. And I think that's one of the things I enjoy about this time of the year, Tobes, is the, the feel-good stories that keep popping up. People just keep living their dreams. And we're seeing a bit more of that. Yeah, we've got a few big races coming up over the weekend and a horse coming out of the Vic Bread series. Uh, we'll talk to a bit later. Nancy's boy has gone to Queensland and uh, he's going to tackle the uh, big guns in the uh, Queensland derby. Yeah, we've got a few of those. That sort of wraps up this show a little bit in some ways or summarises it. We've got a few guys who are dreaming high, really. They're, they're just having a crack. Their um, horses perhaps don't necessarily have some of the pedigrees in some cases of some of the, the real top liners, but they're, they're putting their hands up and, and having a go at the big time. Yeah, and that's what our sport's about. It's not just about all the uh, the big name stables all the time. And there's a there's a chance for people to uh, train a horse, own a horse, breed a horse, race a horse all by themselves. And uh, some great stories recently, even uh, horses that have been purchased. Um, horse called O O No, who uh, was purchased for three hundred and twenty five dollars, and's been flying for Scotty Rains. Yeah, how good is this story? Hey, so it's sort of. What did they have? It had a problem, I think, with a, um, a tendon injury in about 2016. They'd been racing up in New South Wales, and they instead turned it into a trail riding horse. Um, and uh, after that point, they they sort of then looked to put it on the sale. It was snapped up by Ebony Harris, who's Scott Rain's partner. And he snapped it up for 325 bucks, which is kind of extraordinary. Scott's put it back into work, and what, six runs on, it's just gone two on the trot, two victories. He absolutely loves the horse, and it is an absolute fighter to see the way it just keeps clawing to the line. It's what I describe a front paddock horse. It's the horse that stays in the front paddock for life, I think, for Scotty Reigns. It sort of put him on the map a little bit too, I believe. Yeah, well, I think he's... Uh, gee, I went through the numbers the other day, but... This horse has bring him, brought him his most lucrative victories across his career. He's been training for a fairly long time now, but just having one or two that he pokes around with, and this horse has brought him some of the most success he's ever enjoyed, which is fantastic given that it's now an eight-year-old. It's had a couple of careers, and it's um, really bounced back. There's another horse who's had a victory too, which is, would have been a very heartfelt victory. Uh, Len Ma, who's uh, the father of the late uh, Graham Ma, who was instrumental in the uh, track the development of tracks across Australia and the world. Um, he designed a machine that's used worldwide, Graham Maher. Um, it won Declan Henry on Monday. Uh, be was a great win for the horse. Another horse who's about nine years of age. It had 20 stars without winning and won at Maryborough on Monday for Chris Sinocio and Len Maher. Yeah, spot on. Nine-year-old, as you said. Nine, and, yeah. And Len Maher's 85 years old, and Len hasn't had a win himself since March 2014. So for him to break through would have been really pleasing. Of course, he's the owner, breather, trainer of... 
Declan Henry, so he's not in the whole way through, and he was in rap to see Chris Fanocio really punch through that winner. Start number 21 it was, the breakthrough it's made, and at nine, you never give up, do you? No, you never give up. And uh... If you to add any horse in harness racing by age to the trainer's age, would they collectively at 94 total be leading the tally, do you think? Pretty um, impressive. 85-year-old trainer, 9-year-old horse. Be in the conversation, but I imagine there's probably been a few older trainers who have managed to, to peel one out. But, um, gee, it's yeah, absolutely in the conversation. I was at a uh, stall committee meeting last night, and I'm pretty sure Les McLeod's pushing 130, and he's still uh, <laughs> he's got a horse going around on, uh, no, today, what, actually. He's not a centurion, is he? No, is he? he's not quite a centurion. I stir him up a bit, but uh, right. he's got a horse racing today in the last race uh, at stall, so uh, he'll be a bit of a chance. It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back. Well, let's go a bit younger. Our next guest certainly well and truly uh, miles away from talking about those sort of milestones. Caleb Lewis is about to join us and a very interesting named uh, horse. It's called Pink Galaz and it's uh, going to be involved in some racing this week. And uh, Michael and uh, Toby, Caleb's on the program now. Yeah, fantastic to have you on, Caleb. Of course, Pink Galaz has been fantastic for you guys this season. Must have been a lot to you because obviously it's not only a really good and encouraging two-year-old trotter, but it's also in a really esteemed, I suppose, in in the family's traditions. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's always uh, very exciting to get a, a young juvenile trotter up and going early, and and you never really know what they'll bring to the table till the till the heat goes on. So, yeah, she's been she's been super, really. Your uh, role in the industry, Caleb, you've scaled right back. You were a pretty significant sort of driver there for a while in the southwest region. Uh, you're based now in Portland, eh? What, what What are you doing with yourself? Yeah, so um was uh, pretty heavily involved training and driving there for a fair while um, and also involved with the family hotel and uh, we stepped up a little bit and we purchased another hotel down in Portland. So um, I moved down here and now we're pretty much full-time uh, with the hotel and young family, so that takes up most of my time now. So it's sort of more as a breathing and owning side of your link to the trots, particularly through the Matt Craven stable? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I uh, we, we we delve into a little bit of breeding and um, also got a fair few little little shares here and there and, and keep well involved. So, yeah, no, it's good to... Uh, it gets me away from work and uh, that a little bit too, so it's good. And part of the reason, of course, we've got you on is because we're talking about the Maori law. Uh, sorry, the Maori legend at uh, stall today, and and the Maori genes they they run throughout many of our mares still to these days, and that's certainly the case for for Pink Galars. In, in fact, I think Pink Galars uh, Dam may have both Maori on both sides, being a Tenno Trump as well as um, having the Maori female genes to go through. That's obviously something that's really dear to you and your partner's heart because. Um, the Mary that it started basically with her Healy family. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's, uh, I probably wouldn't have been involved with the Trotters to be honest um, until uh, I met my wife and, and um, her father, her father Brian Healy, obviously with Mary's idol, something about Mary, etc. And, and the the Mary breed is just phenomenal, really. If you, if you go back through a lot of the well, a lot of the Trotters now, the good Trotters all go back to the Mary breed at some stage. So it's been phenomenal, really. So this race today, the Mary legend, uh, Caleb Pinkalaz, first start uh, was in the Vic Bread heats and uh, got got away quite safely from the gate and lobbed the lead and, and won. She made a mistake in the final of the uh, Vic Bread, drawn the inside of the second row. Your thoughts on how she'll get away? What will the plan be that you'll be passing on to Maddie? 
Uh, pretty much just try and stay out of trouble and uh, hopefully no interference. Baby trotters, they're uh, they're very uh, temperamental and anything can happen. So it's just to pretty much stay out of trouble and and, um, and get around safely be be the first uh, priority. But there is a couple of very nice horses in the race with um, that still do a bit wrong, same as us. So um, be interesting to see, especially going around stall. Um, stall's a little bit tighter for the babies and. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens going to that first corner, yeah. And will you be using this as uh, as a lead-in to the Redwood? Is the Redwood right on the plans? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, the Redwood's probably the most prestigious two-year-old trotting race, uh, definitely in Victoria, not so much prize money-wise, but uh, prestigious is in um, being around the longest, and, yeah, that's that's the aim, to get her into the get her into the Redwood. She'd probably have to uh, perform pretty well at stall. Um, yeah, but we're hoping to get a start in the in the in the big one at Maribor. Yeah, it's one of the big thrills, isn't it, of having a two-year-old trotter? It's sort of real nail-biting stuff. You never know what the hell's going to happen when they step out. And but, geez, if you get one rolling at the right time, you can actually really pick off some big races, win some really good prize money. We've seen it in the last couple of seasons where there might be one two-year-old trotter, maybe in the case of Wobbly, who just absolutely runs right throughout the season, and they just need to step right, have a little bit of extra ability, and and it can really all start to go your way. Certainly can, certainly can. They're a little, they're uh, they're exciting to be honest. You can you can not have them one week, then next week you've got them, and uh, they're a little bit different to a pace a two year old. I believe you can you can go to the trials and poke around quietly, and and you just want to get around safely, but then you don't really know what happens till you really put the heat on at the races. So yeah, no, she's been uh, she's definitely stepped up every time we've asked her to, and she's only uh, knee height or grasshopper, so hopefully she can. Um, Get a, little, get a little bit of money early in her career and hopefully they don't catch up to her. Oh, well, good luck in the Mara Legends, of course, and it's going to be particularly important, I suppose, because there's going to be some special silks where Matt Craven's going to put on the, the Maori silks. So I think they might have been nailed something about Maori silks. Is that correct? Yeah, so Brian asked me the other day uh, if, if we could put the colours on for the race. So, um, yeah, we're certainly, certainly uh, happy to oblige with that. No worries at all. And, yeah, though, we... Uh, the same colours that Maori's idol wore and uh, actually something about Maori's colours that she wore in the Inter-Dominion final. So. Terrific. Caleb, thanks for joining us. Good luck going forward. Thanks. Caleb Lewis there. Just before we get our next guest up on the program, we're promoting, of course, the Redwood uh, Carnival. Just uh, what's the history between that name, Pink Galaz? It is kind of unique, uh, Toby and Michael. I did actually see Caleb reference it. There'll be a story that's actually going up on the trots.com.au as we speak. Um, but I think... It was a, from a John Williamson link, so then he must have the Pink Galaz song. I, I did enjoy a little bit of John Williamson stuff, but I guess it might. With that, I think no. it might be more in your. No, realm. it's not in my wheelhouse, John <laughs> Williamson. I'm afraid I'm true blue, but I'm not that true blue. Um, I, I, it was a fan. Lockie McIntosh when. When it won at Maryborough in the Vic Bread Heat, Lockie McIntosh, it ran away from the field and he said it scattered the field. It was just a little, another little Lockie McIntosh special. He, he wheels him into the race calls, Lockie McIntosh. I'm a huge fan of Lockie. Uh, we got the, the the Redwood Day is coming mm, up is. and uh, it's going to be a very special Redwood Day. And uh, Les Chapman's been the manager at the club there for about, I don't know, 70 or 80 years. And it'll be his last year. And it's it'll be quite an emotional day, I think, at Redwood Day. It'll be a big day and the Rattler train is going to be heading off from Melbourne at 7 o'clock in the morning or 7.30, whatever time it leaves. It stops at Melton. It stops at Ballarat. So anyone interested in heading out to uh, Maryborough on Sunday, August 4th, I'm going to go with, off the top of my head. Correct. Uh, it, 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 
it's a fantastic day, the Redwood Rattler, and I encourage all the listeners to get onto the uh, trots.com.au website and uh, you'll follow the links through and buy a ticket for the Redwood. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a special day. It's one of those days on the Trots calendar that um, is really just goes outside the box and it's actually just a really nice community day. And it's only Sunday week, Tobe, so if you're sort of tossing up and thinking about whether or not you're going to go, it, it's really just around the corner now. So it's time to uh, finalise those plans, book your tickets, get on and have a, have a ball. It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back. And our next guest, we've got a terrific show with uh, uniquely named horses, Pink Galaz to Army Harty. And, of course, uh, this horse will contest the Australian Pacing Gold Championship for the Phillies at Tapcourt Park on Saturday night. Uh, Ray Wood's about to join us, Toby and Mike, but uh, I don't think Michael will do it, and I won't. But, Toby, are callers yet bringing in their best Army Harties in the call yet, or...? Uh, there's I, uh, this horse hasn't quite, but uh, they do have a stable mate to Army Hardy. Give called, us your best one. How would you do it? The pirate sort of. Uh, uh, they, well, they have a stable mate Arg, who is is uh, uh. been a very popular horse, and uh, the, the Jason, who's uh, Ray's son, uh, gets dressed up as a pirate when the horse races sometimes, and has a little burden on his shoulder, and they've had a lot of fun with that horse, and no doubt they can have a lot of fun. Well, with it, Army it, it might be radio, but Ray Woods is on the line. He does tell us he's got a parrot on his shoulder right now as he speaks to us as well. Michael. Yeah, fantastic to have you on, Ray. Of course, to talk Army Hardy, who uh, steps out in the Australian Pacing Gold Championship at Tabcourt Park Mountain on Saturday night. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Now, uh, Ray, you've been in the industry for as long as I can remember. I uh, grew up around uh, the Yarra Valley racetrack, and uh, you were always down at the trials. You've had some good horses across the journey with our regale and uh, Gumbatay and lately Arg. Where does Army Hardy uh, fit for all the horses you've had across your lifespan? I think she's just the horse at this stage. I uh, didn't expect her to win last week. I thought I'd, I'd have been happy if she'd beat a couple home. Uh, I'd like to turn her out for three or four months, but not through the winter. So we just thought we would give her a few runs over the winter and then turn her out and see if she can bulk up. You didn't think she'd win, so you didn't have a little play at the 40-odd dollars she uh, returned? I'm sure Jason would have, your son. I very rarely have a bet, but he tumbled in. Yes, he won, won a few, Bob. Fantastic. Can we just touch on the pirate thing? Where, where's the pirate thing come from? We need to pull, uh, get this out. I was, I was listening to a tape up at Jason's about that famed American race caller, and here comes, ah! Uh, I thought, oh, that'd be a good name for a horse. So the grandkids firstly decided it, because the old man's got no say in it. I only work the horse and feed it, and uh, that's how he got the name. So I've seen the race callers sort of wrestle with it a little bit. I'm sure you've noticed it more than anyone else. How have you sort of seen them take to it, and who do you think's done it best? Well, I don't think Dan Malecki likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, he's starting to warm to it a little bit, but when, when he first started racing, he, uh, he, he'd give a bit of cook over, a bit of a cook over the radio. They should think more of the broadcasters, but there's worse names than that going around. Army Hardy, um, let's tell me a little bit about its story. Did you snap it up from the APG sales? Yeah, we bought it at the sales for 18000 um, Jason picked her and R out. I was quite happy to go home with empty float, but um, we finished up. We bought the two, and, you know, they both turned out we'll get a return on them anyhow. You'd been concentrating on breeding, Ray. Uh, you, you've stepped up to buying the horses from the sales. What was the uh, change there? Uh, just getting, you know, you're looking at three years before you find out about them, and you can... If you breed them, and everyone I've bred, I've been there, and they've been, you know, uh, in the bag type of thing, and which was a great thrill when you can get them going to race. 
and uh, to win a race. But um, I said, oh, well, well, you can go to the sales and you can get a reasonable one and you can see what you're getting. And great to get that get that win in the bank already, get that Vic Brad bonus, and you're stepping it up into the Australian Pacing Gold Championship. Now, it's the first time this $50,000 race has been held, I believe, for the two-year-old fillies. a bit of an addition. And, look, you're going to run into some good ones, obviously, but um, in particular in Amelia Rose and Treasure, who we saw plenty of during the Vic Brad Super Series. But what are your expectations? It's a chance to really see, I guess, how no she goes. No expectations whatsoever. The, um, I think they paid two grand down to ten. So uh, we said, oh, well, we'll put her in and give her a run and um, see if she can improve a little bit on last week. But Emma Stewart, I think they've got a mortgage on it. I've known Ray a long time, Michael, and he's a very understated man. This filly gets a little chance. She'll get tucked away on the inside. She'll be three back the market pegs. And sure, we don't know how much ability she's got yet, but she could definitely run on into a, into a third, fourth or fifth. Last year in the APG consolation for two-year-old Colts, Arg did win that race at Big Odds. So uh, don't count this horse out. Fantastic. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, to be a little bit stronger at the finish, that's all. I, I don't think she's strong enough. But that's why we're keeping her in the shorter ones. But uh, you never know. We're going to soon find out, of course. Now, you're involved out at, at Croydon, which is a great little community. Some people might not actually realise that that close to the city centre in Melbourne, there are people who are really engaging in and loving the trots and, and working their horses. Yeah, terrific spot. Um, we don't have a great deal of horses here at the moment, but um, a council are taking over the uh, the park, but they've guaranteed us they'll put a 600-metre track in around the, around the pony club ground, so it'll make it a bit easier. And having to relocate. Ray, all the best. Uh, thanks for uh, taking the call. We could hear the po- uh, parrot in the background there, I think. And uh, <laughs> thanks for uh, being with us on the program today. All the best. Thanks very much for having me. Thank Ray you. Woods uh, there. Shortly we'll uh, have Tim McLean taking our call. Um, any more news, uh, Michael and Toby, uh, reflecting on uh, Saturday night at Melton? Should be a really good night, Tobe. Of course, we've got both the uh, Australian Pacing Gold Championship for the boys and the girls. It's great to see these $50,000 races. Now, these are the horses who didn't qualify for the big $320,000 final for the APG. It just gives them an extra shot later in the season. Yeah, and the Colts and Geldings, I think Miragon does have a mortgage on it. It's fifty at the moment, Miragon. It's drawn barrier seven. It rolls forward, and it just feels like such better than bank. It it's feels such a good horse. I, I have found three. I reckon on uh, Saturday night at Melton for the listeners. Saving for the end, Tobe. Saving yeah. for the end. Don't go too early. We will we, we'll give us a bit of chance to get our pens out, our paper out, and we'll get them all. But uh, look, it is a good night's racing. Of course, the touch. Uh, Merchant Trotters free-for-all is an absolute pearl. It's only a seven-horse field, but we see the return of Tornado Valley, who's just an absolute superstar. It's drawn outside Kai Valley Blur, Save Our Pennies, Big Jack Hammer, cruising around, and everybody knows it's um, it's going to be a good little race, but Tornado Valley looms pretty large. Oh, Tornado Valley just wins. It's $1.55. Mm. It went around from Barrier 6 in an Inter-Dominion final in an Inter-Dominion final at $1.70. I'm but- suggesting a multis on the cards. You're going you're gonna to give us a multi, but at the end of the show, yeah? I will give you a multi-bet at the end of the show, and I have revealed two of the legs, so the value leg <laughs> is still to come. Fantastic. All right, well, joining us now on the program, uh, while people rush to get their pen and paper for those tips later on, uh, Tim McLean joins us, and, of course, uh, he's involved in the big Queensland derby on Saturday night. He's joining us on One Out, One Back. Uh, thanks for taking the call, Tim. No worries at all. Yeah, good day, Tim. You must be really looking forward to, to Globe Derby. It's going to be a big night, of course, the biggest night on the calendar up there. And, oh, sorry, Albion Park is going to be where you're going to be on Saturday night. And, yeah, the biggest night for Queensland on their calendar is they really enjoy that winter carnival. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. I've never had a horse in the derby. So we're really looking forward to it. 
Are you up there, Tim? Are you just poolside at the moment in 28 degrees with the feet up and a pina colada in hand, or are you back in back in uh, the southwest of Victoria working hard? Yeah, no, I'm up here looking after the horses. It's very nice weather. I think since we left, it hasn't stopped raining down in Victoria, so good to be up here. I, I did take a horse up to the Gold Coast uh, in 2008 for an Inter-Dominion series for about six weeks, and uh, I know what you mean about working hard when you've got to work one one or two horses. Yeah, it's a very difficult time of, time of the year for you, no doubt. Now, this horse, Nancy's boy, goes around in the Queensland Dub. You purchased the horse from New Zealand, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. We've probably had him for a couple of months now uh we bought him a few owners which is more family and a couple of friends went over and we purchased two horses in uh new zealand with nancy's boy being one of them and he's not major what was it about him that caught the eye uh i don't know i like his speed he's got really good gate speed and can finish off pretty well he's an improving three-year-old i think he's uh raced some top horses at Purdens over in uh new zealand and yeah, he's, when I drove him, he just felt really good. So he he did show a bit of tactical speed in that Vic Bread final, but the race was like a, it was like a deck of cards. He just kept getting shuffled and shuffled and shuffled. He he worked forward into the chair in the Vic Bread final, Michael, and uh, got shuffled right back to last. He pulled wide at the end, but the, he just had no luck. You've got gate three on Saturday night. Do you think you can get across to the marker pegs, Tim? Yeah, well, that's one thing we've got to have a look at. I think if he could get across to the market pegs, he would be a good place chance or that, and that's probably what we'll be looking to do. I think he does have the gate speed to cross. Certainly a good field, isn't it? Self-assured, certainly stamped its name on the derby with uh, last week's win for, for Mark Purden, and you're drawing in between Jesse Duke and Self-Assured, two of the Mark Purden and Natalie Rasmussen runners. So you're going to learn a fair bit about him pretty quickly. Yeah, no, that's right. He's... Um, Mark Burton's team, they're very good horses. As you've seen last week, that outside may got home in a quick last half and still was too good for us. So, yeah, we're going to learn a bit about it in this week and it's just good to be in it. And is that the reason why you're up there? Is it uh, Obviously, it's nice to get up there and enjoy a little bit of sunshine, but is it also just to, to have a crack, roll the dice and see how it how it all comes out? Yeah, I think, you, you know, you buy these better horses, you might as well have a crack at the better races. We could have stayed home in Victoria and wondered what, could have been so no we decided to come up here and have a go we bring a couple other horses to try and pay the way while we're up here as well and that's uh Jilby mako will step out in the first the tab pace it'll come from from gate four what are the expectations there yeah i think his, his run was super last week he didn't have much luck with the draw and he worked forward three wide and sat in the chair going 54 and just got beat so i think if he can work forward and land somewhere close he won't be far away Good luck up there in Queensland, Tim. Thanks for joining us on One Out, One Back. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Tim McLean, uh, in our final three or four minutes, uh, gentlemen, we might get a few tips, including whether you think Tim uh, has any chance to be uh, spending some more time by the pool after the racing. Uh, Toby, do you give his horse much of a chance there or any of the horses there involved with him? It, it, it really, he'd have to get across to the front and lead relatively cheaply, and even then he's probably still only a third to six best chance in the race uh, is how I see it because Self-Assured and Lochinvar are a set for a jewel of all jewels and I just wonder how much that race took out of them last week and our Princess Tiffany the filly off the back row will certainly be getting home and even a horse like Trojan Banner if you're really looking for one for value to run third it'll get a very cheap run along the market pegs and it'll be steaming home. Yeah, well, look, there's some very good horses. Our Princess Tiffany's a freak but so may well be the boys she's up against but um, 
And Nancy's boy, you're getting $10 to place. Do you think there's a chance it can get a good pegs run? He definitely can get across. He's got a lot of tactical speed. I think he can get across, hand up to something. He's going to be behind the leader at the top of the straight. He'll fight it out to the finish. It's just whether a few of them have got a bit of zest at the end to get past him, I think. Should be a great night's racing, of course. It's headlined by the Blacks of Fake, where we see some some really good horses step out, but uh, one really well known to the Victorian audiences. He's the, become the Prince of Tabcourt Park in a lot of ways in the last few seasons in Tiger Tower. He's had one start back and he looked really, really strong. He, he steps out here second up off the back row. That's why you're getting the $2.60 price, but he looms pretty large in this race. Well, I've, I've looked at this race. I've analysed it, I reckon, 20 times. I've come up with our Uncle Sam winning on 10 occasions and Tiger Tara winning the other 10. And I thought, let's play it sensibly. Let's back them both to win. You're getting $2.60 each or two, so you're effectively taking a dollar sixty. And at the tab.com.au on the fixed odds, he actually eased out to $2.80 for our Uncle Sam, who is a, is a really good horse, should, um, from that gate too, should get a really good sit, I imagine. Yeah, I think I'll go back for another little nibble <laughs> at our, our Uncle Sam. But the play there, I think they're the only two winners. Thanks. All right, uh, and a few other tips in our closing few minutes as we yep. wrap it up uh, locally, I guess. Going to Melton on Saturday night, my three plays there, Miragon and Tornado Valley straight out. I'm very, very keen on Gene Luke. It's drawn the inside of the back row for Darby McGuigan on board, so it loses nothing there. The pole horse... Uh, Definitely should lead. He gets the gun run sitting behind the leader. He was very unlucky last week. He got dragged all the way back to last from the outside of the front. It was a 1,700-metre race, so he had no chance to get into the race. He finished off really well. He, he went he, he went a little wayward at the top of the straight for whatever reason, ran out wide. He balances up on the inside. He is right in this race up to his eyeballs at $5. So whether you want to play him straight out or each way or take all three in a, uh, in a, in a multi Fantastic. Some pretty painless ones there, especially Miragon. I mean, these are the really good horses that we're going to see step out on Saturday night. So absolutely tune in. Whether you do it via Sky or Trots Vision or RSN, just enjoy the Trots because it's going to be a great night's racing, all building up, of course, to that Touch Merchant Trotters free-for-all. Always good to see Tornado Valley return. Haven't seen it for a few months. McLovin's taken over the landscape a little bit of late for the Andy and Kate Gas Stable. Well, now the big gun's back. Andy did suggest on Gatespeed. He joined Jason Bonington and Blake Redden on Tuesday on RSN this week and said that Tornado Valley was probably the more brilliant horse. McLovin potentially the most tough. we have to wait a few months before we get to see him go head-to-head, but uh, can't wait for that too. And he's got another new horse for the Norm Jenkin, Andy Gath, former Kiwi trotter in Everybody Knows. Just off the top of my head, I... I think it won 10 of its first 15 starts. Some unbelievable stat like that. This is the sort of trotter that Andy Gath's got hold of and turned into a superstar already once in Tornado Valley. So everybody knows. Who knows? Tune in Saturday night. We'll see what happens, and we'll talk about it next week, and we can follow more information on the HRV website and social media. Mike and Toby, thanks for being with us today. We'll talk next week. Want to hear one out, one back again? Head to iTunes, our Facebook page and the podcast page at rsn.net.au.